Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to you too. How are you doing? I'm tired, but I'm doing good other than that. I'm tired too. I think it's just this weather or something. I don't know. Plus, you know, life, life gets busy. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you. It is windy here today. Very, very windy. Extremely windy. It's windy enough that it made me a little nervous because, you know, we had bad storms like, oh, mid-January. And it was super windy and our power went out for two days. Which, you know, ain't really that much compared to all the people in Texas and everybody that's been suffering the last few weeks with all the ice apocalypse going on across the state. (laughs) An apocalypse. (laughs) But it was cold. It was like 30 degrees at night without the power on. Right. And no heated water. So it was, I told Daniel tonight when the wind was blowing this hard, I hope this stops. And why is it blowing so hard? Because I don't want another storm like we had. (laughs) (laughs) I think God still lets everybody know he's still in control, doesn't he? So what you've been up to lately? Oh, we are gearing up to start Sunday school on March the 7th. Can you hear me okay? okay? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. And so we are in the process of remodeling the last Sunday school classroom that needs to be remodeled down in the basement of the church. So super excited about getting that done. Super excited about starting Sunday school and feel like it's just time to start putting Jesus in the children that we can get our hands on. And let them know that there's a better way than what this world's trying to teach them. That's exciting. So when do you start your children's uh, church or Sunday school? We will start March the 7th. And then we'll just do that every Sunday. That will be our Sunday morning. Um, Because when we came here, there was no church on Sunday morning. And we've just continued, you know, trying not to rock the boat too quickly. Mm-hmm. And we've been here two and a half years. Well, really, we're going into our third year. Um, and so my husband, Joe, he just was praying and felt like God impressed upon him that it's time to start Sunday school. And so he put it before the church and said, our goal and purpose this year that we're going to focus on is getting a Sunday school up and rolling and being consistent with it. And start bringing in children and that will give us contact with their families. And so we're centering our year. Our theme this year is Sunday school and reach the children. So. Well, that's exciting. Sarah, when you talk about um, when we came here, probably some of our listeners may not know this, although in our about us uh, podcast, you might've talked a little bit about you and Joe and what you're doing, but you want to take a minute and just tell us like where you're at and what you're doing. So when people hear you say that, they kind of know the backstory. Sure. Um, We came to Pratt, Kansas um, almost three years. Well, it would have been three years ago in January. So we are starting on our third year. 
um, we had been coming on teams from Hutchinson, which is where we were based out of. We were the youth leaders there in Hutchinson under Pastor Carriker after Daddy passed away. Daddy, you know, of course, pastored the church there. And then when he passed away, Brother Nathan Carriker took the pastorate of the church. And so we were youth leaders there, but we began to come on a team to Pratt on like one Sunday a month. And then Pastor Carriker asked us to start coming on Tuesdays and taking care of the Tuesday night service. So we traveled back and forth. We did that for a year and a half. And then finally, Pastor Kerker asked Joe if he would pray about coming over here and moving over here and be an on-site pastor. And so we prayed, fasted, and accepted the call (laughs) and came to Pratt, Kansas. And there has been a church building and a parsonage here for many years. And, um, it was very run down, had not been used for several years. Uh, the parsonage of course, and God was good to us and blessed us. And the church came over and many of the men and ladies helped remodel the parsonage so that we could live in the parsonage. So we are living on site in the parsonage next to the church. And the church of course was very, outdated, very, um, it was serviceable, but there's a lot of things that, you know, painting, updating to code for fire codes and stuff like that. And so we've been working on doing that while we've been here the past three years, as well as having church services and doing as much outreach as possible in the community until COVID hit. (laughs) But we outsmarted the devil because God is good and talks to us and he gave us a way that we could still be a witness and we did what I call male ministry all last year um, of course and then when we could go through a drive-through or whatever Anna we would still pass out cards mm-hmm. knowing that we probably wouldn't have anybody come because everybody was so afraid of the COVID and so many laws and regulations going on but um, with things lightening up we just determined God, we don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something. And he is, there's been marvelous, marvelous things happening. And we're excited to say that there is a stirring in the murky waters. And we're excited to know that God's going to use us to be a part of the revival. And we're looking forward to being a part of that. That's exciting. So what are you doing to get your Sunday school area ready? What else going on with that? Well, right now we've just been passing out flyers. Um, We've been, of course, remodeling the classroom. We're getting everything decorated. We've been telling everybody when we go to restaurants, we tell them whoever our servers are, we tell them, you know, and it's really amazing because we've been praying, God, give us open doors, give us people that are hungry and just out of the blue, like waitresses have been asking us about different things. Um, In particular, one waitress started talking to us last week, just about her five-year-old boy. And it was amazing that God opened that conversation. She served us many times in the past three years, but just out of the blue, she started talking about her little five-year-old boy. So we felt like it was an open door to invite her to bring her child 
and she has four other children. And we told her we're starting Sunday school, March the 7th. We gave her a card. She told us she was going to come. She's going to bring her children. And that has happened more than once in the last month. And so we're super excited. We don't know how many is going to be there to start, but we're going to start it in faith and believing that God is going to help us to continue to reach out into the Sunday school and to the children. That's super cool. That's exciting. It is. um, You know, do you have any idea of like how you're going to approach it? Are you going to do like, I know you only have really one Sunday school classroom, but you have a variety of rooms downstairs that you could do split groups. in. I know it's just kind of your family and a couple ladies at the church, uh, people at the church probably able to help you right now. But are you thinking about doing like a super church approach or? We're going to do um, the power hour approach um, through United Pentecostal Church mm-hmm. International. And we're starting off our theme that we're doing that we're starting off with is, oh, my goodness, my brain just went blank. Um, it's the little uh, oh, I can't believe my brain just went blank. It's the cafe theme and, um, oh my word. Is it like, if you can hold on a second, I'll pull my book out. Cause I've got it right here. Cool. <laughs> it's super fun, but we're going to, um, we are going to utilize the other rooms that we've already remodeled. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have centers. And, um, of course, you know, if you're, if you're familiar with the power hour, uh, curriculum, there's, of course, all kinds of different things that happen. They have a snack time. They have a Bible memory time. They have singing. They have offering. They have prayer. They have what is called an illustrated sermon. And sometimes in those illustrated sermons is like an object lesson or a skit or uh, just all kinds of things. And then, of course, they have like um, activity papers that you can send home with the kids. They have... Um, contests that you can do to generate excitement and for them to earn points to earn prizes which by the way is really super exciting um antonia our daughter is working at sonic and her boss has already graciously donated five gift cards no eight gift cards to be used as prize incentives so for sonic for the kids and so we're super excited about that because it's already um the communities wanting to get involved already. And so God is just moving. Um, so our power hour that we're going to start off with is sacred chow is the theme. Okay. And it's super cute. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a food court. So we're decorating not only once we get the classroom that we're finishing up, but the whole downstairs will be decorated in that theme. And it's like a food court that you would see in a mall with different kinds of food places. And um, each week we'll be talking about different kinds of food that they will get fed. And like the first week is soul food. And we'll be talking about the parables of the four soils. And then the second week is comfort food. And we'll be talking about the parable of the good Samaritan and just different themes each week, you know, that all go into some kind of a food um, theme. And so we're really excited. We're praying and fasting and believing and working together. And we do have 
we have three ladies in the church currently um, that will be helping with us, um, you know, working in the Sunday school, as well as my husband and Antonia and myself. So that's awesome. That's exciting. You know, sir, that's kind of right up your alley. You've always enjoyed working with the littles. And so yes. I think that that's going to be something that's going to bring some like life and yes. joy to AFT and Pratt. That mm-hmm. little, you know, church in that community that is very small congregation right now. And um, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be something to look forward to this year. So that's really exciting. I'm glad to hear that. It is. It is. So um, probably something that I don't know, like with everything with this whole ongoing COVID mess, but um, something that could eventually lead to, which is something you're very good at and that you've done for many years in Hutchison would be like a Bible, like a a vacation Bible camp, a vacation Bible school. Yes, that is our ultimate goal is um, if not this year, for sure, next year, we'll be putting on a really big VBS um, and praying, you know, in the meantime, that the Lord will send the laborers into the harvest field. Yeah, absolutely. So So, do you like living in Pratt? What's it like being a home missions pastor's wife? Well, um, I love living in Pratt now. <laughs> when we first came, um, since we're doing real talk, it was a culture shock for me because I had never lived in a small town um, growing up. You know, it was always in Hutchinson, which wasn't huge, but 40,000 people compared to 6,000 is quite a difference. Oh, yeah. um, and then, of course, I lived in Colorado Springs for five years in my late teens, early 20s. And so that was a culture shock, too. But coming to Pratt was a major culture shock because you hear so much that small towns are super friendly and and real close knit and whatever. And when we came here, um, I can't say that it was super friendly. It was it's very much um, they're very, uh, very local minded, if I can say it that way, community minded and very it's, it's kind of like you're one of two things. You're either in the group that's very involved in every aspect of the community or you're just kind of out on the fringes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so at first, when we first came here, it was very hard to know. And of course, you know, never being a pastor's wife, even though I was raised in a pastor's home, being a pastor's kid is a total different ballgame than being a pastor's wife. Right. <laughs> and so when we came here to Pratt, it's a beautiful city, beautiful little city set on beautiful hills, very beautiful, um, very green. Uh, we get a lot of rain and wind and sun. We get the best of all four seasons. Um, very, we live right across the street from a park, one of the biggest parks in this little town, in the little city, and it's beautiful little city, beautiful little park. And so that's a good thing because when we go walking, everybody, it seems like in the community walks, they walk their dogs, they walk their cats, they walk their mothers, they walk their (laughs) friends and family. And so that's a good place to do outreach. So when we go walk at the park, we get to um, meet people, although at first it was kind of like, 
hi. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I'm not one of those, I am outgoing, but I'm not like dad, you know, dad, he never knew a stranger, right? He would just introduce himself or go and sit down with a group of guys and start talking, drink his cup of coffee. And I'm not that way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, once I meet people or, um, if I'm, I smile and they smile back, then I feel a little more free to talk to people. Um, and I don't know, you know, I think the biggest thing when we first came in is you already are in a place that's out of your comfort zone. And so you don't know what your boundaries are at that point in time. And so that's what I was really feeling. Yeah. And it's taken time, but we're getting um, infiltrated into the community. Uh, We were going to do some volunteer work when COVID hit, we had already signed up to do some volunteer work and that got shut down. And so, you know, it kind of made it hard to infiltrate into the community, but God, I think I've told you this before, God impressed upon me to start sending cards to anybody I was doing business with, like our city offices, the police, um, the fire department, my mail lady, um, my dog groomer, um, just anybody that I was doing business with. And so I began to do that like once a month. And I started receiving thank you cards back from them. Oh, wow. And I would, I would pray over them and say, God, I don't know how to reach people during this COVID stuff. Um, but you know how. And so I would pray before I'd ever put them in the mail. And I would always include a church card in them. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. (laughs) And I I would just pray. I'd say, God, I don't know how to reach these people. And right now, nobody wants to open their door. You know, we'd gone door knocking two or three times. And it just was not the time Mm -hmm. for that because everybody was so fearful and terrified of COVID and everything. Um, you know, the first year we were here, we did door knocking, we did all kinds of stuff. Um, but now it's, it's funny because just doing that simple little thing that God impressed on me and sending those cards out, it's like God has opened the door and just people out of the blue are coming up and talking to us now, Wow! just, just out of the blue. Um, you know, for instance, we were sitting in pizza hut last week and this man sat down in the booth right across from us and we were sitting there waiting on our food to come. We'd ordered and he'd ordered his food and he leaned over and he goes, excuse me, folks. He said, I don't mean to be rude, but can I just talk to you? And the man almost started crying. It about makes me cry talking about it. He just started pouring out his heart about all the craziness that's going on in our world. Yeah. And he said, I know I need to seek." how did he say that? He said, I know the world is getting ready to end and I don't study enough on that. And I need to go to the word of God and study more on that. But he said, is this craziness just my imagination or is it for real? And we just started talking to him and telling him, you know, there's a better way and that there's no need to be fearful when you serve God and you get in the word. And he almost started crying and it about made us cry, you know, and um, we told him about church and invited him to church and gave him a church card. And he didn't make any promises, 
but he was very contemplative. And when he left, he told us, thank you so much for taking the time to just sit here and talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, God knows what he's doing and in our uncomfortableness, if we'll just be a willing vessel, Anna, God will open the door Yeah, and he'll start to, I'm convinced because I've seen it start happening. You know, Satan will throw, and here I am talking. I'm not letting you talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> but fine. maybe it's just you're hearing the burden of my heart. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. And that's okay. I think, you know, I think that, I think we all kind of feel that same burden and we feel that same sense of, I don't really want to say heaviness, but it's a weightiness, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. people are so. One thing is, you know, like that guy saying, hey, would y'all just talk? Like people yes. want to connect. Like there is a hunger yes. in people to connect right now, you know, just this huge hunger because many of them, girl, I didn't know this. Okay. But many of them have been isolated. Okay. I have to say COVID didn't really change my life a whole lot. I just have to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm not very good at being afraid. And so mm-hmm. I never really like stayed home. And just quarantined. Right. And some people might right. say that is disrespectful. I, I intended no disrespect. I didn't just go out and get in people's faces. But I think there's no, I'm a researcher by trade and by nature. And I dig into things and I listen to podcasts and COVID is very complex. I'm an educator. And so like when I want to know about something I will read everything I can find on it. I will listen to every podcast I can find on it. I will drill down into it. And then, you know, I make my own, you know, assumptions based off of the information I come across. And I understand that we all have our own bubble. I'm I'm getting into all that to say something. I understand we all have our own bubble that we Mm -hmm. have people groups and information that we're in, you know, and they, they talk about that in social uh, media and in, um, in communication, like depending on what your worldview is, what that determines what bubble you're in, like in what you look in on social media and what you look at on the news and what type of news documents you're reading and connecting to. But for me, it goes beyond that, Sarah, because as an educator, I have access to scientific research databases. So when I'm saying that I'm doing research, yeah, I do listen to like conservative people because that is my worldview, but I do listen to um, progressives too, because then you don't know where they're going with things and where their mindset is. So if all you hear is what you want to hear and you don't know what people are actually doing in life, then how do you prepare and how do you know what's going on in the world? So you can't bury your head in the sand the backdoor to research, you know, through institutions of higher and higher learning offer a lot of avenues to access information that is just not on social media and just not on, you know, like news organizations and stuff. So you can research like literally journals that professionals are writing about things that are going on right now, professionals in the medical Mm -hmm. field, professionals in the scientific field and things they're looking at. So anyways, I said all that to say that's, boy, that was like a big, long foundation to say, I haven't been a hundred percent that every single thing about COVID is legit. I, we know it's complex. Mm -hmm. We know the world's been crazy politically and I don't want to get into all that tonight. So when COVID hit, maybe I just have trust issues anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, with 
the world at large and politics at large anyways. Um, you, Daniel and I were cautious. You know, we dealt with the fear factor like everybody else, but we didn't stop living life. Well, for one, we couldn't because we were both still working. So we had to go to work right. every day. We still went to the grocery store. We w- still went to the stores that were open. Um, when restaurants were open, we still went to restaurants. We actually traveled quite a bit. Like we went to San Francisco. We went yeah. to Kansas. So really a whole lot of things didn't change in the way we lived our lives other than the fact that we had to go to church online for a while. You know, our way of doing life, probably the main thing that changed was as we ate at home more often. Literally, when I look back at COVID, that's like the biggest probably personal change that I can see that we in our home really experienced was eating at home more often. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about the whole concept of COVID as a whole and how it's altered people's lives, God's been very good to us. We didn't lose our jobs. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, We didn't have to work from home. Some days I wished I could work from home, but we were not (laughs) able to because of the industries we worked in. And right. so probably another thing that hung out that changed, although last year, honestly, towards the end of the year, we probably spent more time with people than we did. Like in 2019, we were talking about 2019 and we were like, you know, 2019 was a crazy year. We only got together with yeah. friends in our home, like maybe twice that year. Girl, in 2020, mm-hmm. we were having people over all the time in the fall yeah. We were because we were just trying to connect and help support people that were having hard times. And so we were right. going to eat with friends or having people to our house or whatever. So for us, COVID didn't change a whole lot. So I was talking with a curriculum designer last week in the college system. And she told us she had not hardly left her house since March of 2020. And when she did leave her house, the only places she had gone was like to her parents and to walk her dog. And for a whole year, she had only interacted with this like pot of 10 people, the same 10 people. She said, we're being so careful. And she was very serious. Like she took it to heart. And, you know, I had compassion for her because I knew people were taking it serious. Well, there's some people, COVID freaked them out. Oh, yes. Yes. So, you know, I try to be respectful of that. So when you think about that, I said, all that 10 minutes long, I've been timing myself. 10 minutes of talking about that. <laughs> to talk about this man that wanted to connect. Yes. <laughs> you think about yes. somebody who's been in their house since March of 2020 and has yes. only been around the same 10 people for a year. I can't right. even wrap my mind around that, Sarah. Yes. We were not created yes. for that. <laughs> no. And and the fun the and not really funny, it's almost sad, is because they have been so overcome with fear, they're still terrified to get out. And it's almost changed their whole mindset. And it's this is where, and I'm like you, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and all of that, but I feel like that it has been a tool of Satan to cause people to not connect because of fear and terrifying, um, paralyzing fear. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It has paralyzed some people 
to where now they're in a habit that has been built up from that and it's caused rifts in families. It's caused friendships to fail. Yeah. It's caused sickness. It's caused phobias. And I'm talking like phobias. So you yes, think about terrible. even before COVID hit, you think about people who would stay in their house. Yes. And became scared to get out in public and how literally they got to where they couldn't step a foot out of their house. So they would have to yes. go through therapy to step out of the house. And many, like, this is a real phobia. I can't remember the name of it, but when they would step outside of their house, they would get so much anxiety that they would about pass out or get sick. Yes. And so they'd have to go back in their house. Well, there's literally people that are experiencing that as the fallout from COVID right now, because yes. that now the fear that you have to deal with is okay. So if COVID is real, which we know there is sickness going around, but I don't want to even go deep into the thought of genocide because to think about somebody killing people, I love for their agenda just makes me irate. And so I have to pray about me it. Too. I have to just put that in yes. the hands of God and say, God, you know, the hearts of men, you know, the hearts of people, but these people now are dealing with these fears that, okay, so I've isolated myself now and I haven't exposed myself to herd immunity. So in communities such as Kansas, where your town's probably already pretty much gone through herd immunity because it's a small mm -hmm. town. California is one of the states that are further behind everybody because our governor locked us down so tight, we didn't go through herd immunity. Until right. just recently, when people just kind of started pushing back and getting out, our church went through COVID probably in fall last year. I really, it seemed mm -hmm. like it kind of just hit everybody in the church and then it kind of passed on by. Now we've had, we've heard some people recently saying like they're getting another, they've, they've contacted another strain of it or something like that. And you know, if this mm -hmm. is part of the agenda, they're going to keep it going on forever and ever and ever and ever because of whatever right. reasons, you know, thank God our pastor and his wife opened up church actually at the end of May. And so we didn't stay as locked down as some of the areas in California even had to, because they were getting fined thousands of dollars to go to, yes. I mean, girl, there's churches we know that have been fined up in the millions now. And, yes. and, and it's just mind boggling what the torture they've gone through and the hell they've gone through trying to have church services. We won't even, that's a conversation for another night, but now people that are, have been isolated are getting out and they're getting exposed and they're terrified. They're going to get sick because they haven't been exposed all this time. Mm -hmm. Or the other thing is, is now they're scared of the second strain that's supposedly going around. And girl, the crazy thing is, is it just created all these weird fear factors in people now um, that they are really scared. And even yes. though they want to connect and they're longing to connect, the yes. fear of connecting now is almost as bad as the fear of COVID was then. Now it's the anxiety of, oh, I have to leave my house. This has been a safe place. Oh, it's been my refuge. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's one, it's an environment I can control. You know, if you talk about it from like a psychological perspective, the house yes. is an environment that we feel like we have some control over. So we control who comes in and who goes out. So now they have all these weird phobias and fears. And so now you're, you know, it's an, all that to say that this gentleman wanting to connect, this is an opportunity for us to connect with people because they are starving for connection, starving. Yes. We, um, you know, our church went through a crisis here about a week ago. 
And so we're not able to be in the building right now. And so um, it was, it was not like a health crisis. It was a fire and there was damage done. And so it's getting cleaned and it's getting fixed. We're not able to be in the building right now. So this past Sunday, we tried many avenues to create opportunity for service. We ended up having, we called it a tailgate party on the church parking lot. Although we don't watch sports and we're not into sports or anything like that. We just called it, you know, we told people to bring your trucks and your cars and your grills and stuff. And let's all get together on the church parking lot and just get together, be together as the people of God. And, and it ended up being like 24 hours before it was supposed to happen that people were contacted and invited to come and told about it. And so we weren't sure what the turnout was going to be. Sarah, I was blown away at how many people were there. They just wanted to be with people. <laughs> yes. You know, they were, yes. they just wanted to connect. They just wanted to be yes. with human, other humans, you know, and they were cooking together and playing in your little community. I think that's a prime opportunity. It's just to sit down and have conversations with people and let them know you want to have a conversation with them is so vital right now. Well, and I think it's a God thing. I think that Satan really has tried to make this whole silliness and and I don't mean that disrespectfully because I have very dear friends who have passed yes, on absolutely during this absolutely. from this stuff or whatever absolutely. so please nobody take this offensively no, we don't mean it at um, no it's a all. real deal it has really taken dear close friends of ours yeah um but at the same time I I have really felt strongly in my spirit that it's also a God thing because it has made people reevaluate. It has made people introspectively look at things in their lives differently, Mm -hmm. at familial relationships, at church relationships, um, at church attendance, at God and Bible things differently. And so what an opportunity for us to walk in the spirit, Anna. And I don't mean this to be super spiritual, but I feel this so strongly in my spirit. What an opportunity for us to go outside of our comfort zone and be kind and smile even though it's not an easy thing to do, especially those that are more shy and more into Mm themselves, but we need to take this time to step out of our comfort zone and to say everywhere we go. And I'm not super spiritual. God knows if I was perfect, I'd already be in heaven, but I have felt this so strongly just in the last month. Even it's crazy. That everywhere I go, when I go, I have been praying, God, help me to look at these people through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Help me every if I go to Pizza Hut, if I go to Walmart, if I'm at the gas station and I'm pumping gas in my car and there's somebody pumping gas in their car next to me or across from me. Yeah. Help me to smile. Help me to say hi. Help me to talk about the weather. Help me to just get out of my comfort zone and to somehow 
connect with these people because inside of them, and of course, there's always going to be a, a nucleus that they're going to put on a front or they're going to act like they've got it all together. There always is, yeah. but not everybody is Anna. No. And there's a lot of hungry people right now and a lot of empty people and they're searching and they're seeking and God is shining yes. brighter through us now yes. than he ever has. If we'll allow him to, and if we'll be sensitive to him and if we'll be sensitive to his purpose for our lives and I think right now is the time that we need to grab this opportunity mm-hmm. to reach out and connect with people. I really do agree with that. Daniel and I were in the house and I all of a sudden somebody started ringing the doorbell and I got up and I went to the door and it was the neighbor from across the street. And she was like, Anna, you got to watch this. And she grew up Assemblies of God. And so she's, you know, been exposed to the word of God and to the gospel. She's been really researching too, like all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you live on social media and YouTube and stuff, you'll freak yourself out with everything out there on either side of the conversation. And she had ran across um, some video. I saw a little bit of it. I didn't see all of it where um, Bill Gates was talking to the CIA in 2005, I guess, and was presenting about, you know, vaccination and this virus they were going to come up with that was going to alter people's DNA that, were too religious. They were too fanatical. And um, so I listened to a couple minutes of it and she was just freaking out about it. And I think she expected me to freak out about it. And I said, you know, our hope is in the, is in God. I said, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of crazy things going on that you don't even know what's real and what's not, what's contrived, what's people are doctoring, you know, and all this information out there that you can get all over the, the, the internet airways, I said, but you know, you don't have to fear, you know, I was just encouraging right. her. You, we don't have to fear because when you have the Holy ghost and your heart is right with God, you have hope. And this world yes. is not our home anyway. And yes. she stood right in the entryway of my house and, and we began to talk and I began to encourage her, you know, God's been wooing you for a long time. And, and he's been inviting you to be a part of the family of God. And, you know, you had some exposure to this growing up, but Jesus is getting ready to come. And now is the time to go ahead and step in the water, step in the water, you know, why the water is being troubled why the angels are troubling the water and let God just bring peace and healing and comfort to your life to where, you know, you don't have to live on this stuff 24 seven and you don't have to be scared of it. And you don't have right. to, you know, you don't have to worry. It supersedes the DNA, the fleshly DNA. And I didn't mean that yes. in like a weird way, but I was trying, it was like God just was kind of helping me share with her that when I have the Holy Ghost in my life, there is nothing that man can do to alter me that's going to take the right. Holy Ghost away from me. That man can nefariously do. To alter me, absolutely. you know, to try to alter my thinking and my DNA, because if I pray and I walk in the Holy Ghost and the blood yes. of Jesus is pled over my life, I don't think anything can get through the blood without the permission of Jesus Amen. and nothing can alter who we are except us disconnecting from God. And then spirit, our lives right. become open to the spirits that come into our lives. And so I began to tell her, you know, if you really want to put on the armor of God, you need the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to protect us. The the helmet of salvation. 
and the sword of the spirit and the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. I was like, these things are what is going to protect us from all the craziness going on in the world. And she yeah. was just, you know, so hungry and pray for her. Her name is Christina. Um, she's my other neighbor. My neighbor, Christine has been baptized in Jesus name and been filled with the Holy ghost at the rock two years yes. ago. And God's dealing with her too. Um, and I told him both, we need to get in a Bible study. So I'm trying to get, you know, connected with him where we can get a little Bible study going. So I have Christine and Christina. Well, now God's dealing with Christina through all of this. Yes. And, um, it's just like, you know, it's exciting because it's an opportunity to really talk about the power of God, you know, in this crazy time and like the peace of God and the comfort yes. of God. And the joy of God, you know, and how he yes. protects us from whatever's going on around us. He can protect us from sickness. Our time is in his hands. So if it's our time to go, right. it doesn't matter. We're going to go. But if it is our time to go, we don't have to be afraid because, man, when I close my eyes over here and I step over Jordan, I'm in the presence of the Lord. So, I mean, what greater Amen. joy is that? So then you have hope on that side of things, you know, and then. You yes. have a hope that if man tries to harm me, he may harm me here, but the eternal soul will be with the Lord forever. So it's just like you get to speak hope into people's lives because everything going on is super dark right now. And so people are just under this cloud of like darkness, you know? Yes. I mean, if you want to see and how dark sin is, just look at all the things going on, all the crazy things going on that are happening politically and look how dark it is. Right. Jesus well, is not, and not dark. He's the no, light. And the, he is. And he's shining brighter now if we'll let him shine through us. And that's the thing. And it's funny you say that because Antonia and I were having this conversation in a car yesterday. We were going somewhere. Oh, we went for a ride out to the lake. And we were talking about how that you can feel the darkness. Yeah. And that's like um an oxymoron because you really don't feel darkness, but you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> and, and so... You can feel the darkness heavier now than it's ever been. Yeah. And at the same time, when you're living for Jesus, you can feel that the light is shining brighter than it's ever shone. Yeah. You're living yes. for Jesus oh, and you're yes. doing what you should be doing and you're sensitive to his voice and you're walking in his ways. His light is shining brighter than it has ever shined. And that's the exciting thing to me is because, you know, a lot of times when you go um, and not always, but sometimes when you're talking to people or you're trying to invite them to church or sometimes not, I'm not saying it's all the time. I'm not saying it's major most of the time or whatever. I think it depends on the area or the people that you're dealing with, but sometimes people are really closed. You know, as soon as you say church, it's like closed book. You can see it like a wall or a door in their face, in their expression, but it's not that way yeah. right now. Yeah. It's not that way. I'm telling you, I have never been in places where literally people just start talking to us out of the blue about the times, the signs of the times, yeah. things that feel, and they feel it and they're not even spiritual, but right. they feel it. Right. They feel the heaviness not, of the. Yeah. And you don't have to be spiritual to be intelligent. You know no. what I mean? Of course the Holy ghost brings revelation. I don't think we have to clarify everything, but you don't have to be spiritual to see 
there's some crazy things going on around the world. Like, okay, so Texas is frozen and they're never frozen and people's pipes are bursting and they're freezing to death. And then, you know, California is going through like hurricane type winds and Kansas is negative 16 one day and 70 degrees the next day. And, you know, people can't even fly in from other countries. And I mean, there's crazy girl just I've heard so many people that are so wrapped in chaos from their personal lives to the weather to the politics yes. of their nation to the politics of the world to world events to people flying in the engine on their plane bound going out literally the last I, week we had friends that I were flying that. that had to make an emergency landing because something happened with the engine of their plane like the entire world is in crazy chaos right now and you don't yes. have to be super spiritual to recognize there is something yep. wild happening. What is this? And I believe it's God that's doing some of those things, Anna, or he's allowing some of these things to happen. Oh, yes. He's wanting men and ladies to turn their hearts towards him. Yeah. Yes. Wrapping it up. So true. Time is wrapping it, it up. And, and what an opportunity. What a time for us Mm -hmm. to say, God, put your anointing on me like never before. God, put your Holy Ghost boldness in me like never before. Yes. Put your words in my mouth to speak. Yes. What you want me to speak to people like never before. Yes. So that I can shine your light and we can evangelize and win souls to you because the word of God says in it. In the last days before he comes, there's going to be a great falling way, but there's going to be a great revival of souls. And then the catching away. Yes. And we're there. And so what a time for us not to be locked inside of ourselves, not to be locked in our comfort zone, not to be so caught up in our own little worlds and our own little lives I understand we have to live life. We have to work jobs. We have to do our daily tasks, but we also need to be everywhere we go. We need to be a light and we need to say, God, help me to be sensitive. Help me not to be in such a hurry. Help me to speak properly. Help me to live my life properly so that your light will shine through me because there's people looking for that light. It is so true. And just, um, as we're kind of wrapping this up, I just feel on my heart to read this while we're talking about that. Um, in Acts 2, the, the apostle Pre- Peter is preaching, you know, to the people that are watching the goings on in the upper room of that day. And he's talking to them and he says, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, Acts 2.15, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out of in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And it goes on to say, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and yes. fire and vapor of smoke. You think about that. You know, we think like the water's going to turn to it's blood. prophecy coming to pass. And all that kind of stuff. But think about the last year, Sarah. Think about the shedding of blood with all the unrest yes. in the world. And the fires yes. being lit in cities. And that vapor of 
smoke, you know, and then it goes yes. on, which is going to be, you know, even that end hour, the very end of right. the hour and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Yes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the hope of this hour that when yes. people call on the name of the Lord, it shall be saved. And it was wild yesterday. I was listening to somebody talk about the scripture in second um, Chronicles. I think it is seven twenty four, where it says of my people, which are called by my name will humble themselves yes. and seek my face and turn from my, their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. But girl, what yes. we don't talk about in that scripture and Daniel and I were talking about that last night and I'm going to go there real quick just to tie this in together because it said people shout and those that call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. But think about this um, in second Chronicles. Let me find it here. Uh, let me see. 724. Maybe it's 14. 714 I might be saying. Yes. Okay. So here it is, Psalm 14. And my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. So think about the people that call on the name of the Lord to be saved. When yes. this scripture says, when they turn from their wicked ways, now mine eyes, God said, mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that's made in this place. And he says, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name be there forever. Jesus saves them and his name is applied to their house. Forever. Forever. And his eyes <laughs> and his heart is upon us perpetually when we call that's upon awesome. his name. And it says, yes. It, and as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David, thy father walk and do according to all that I have commanded thee and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of my kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father saying there shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. And so he talks about, you know, he's talking about what's going on in that day, but that promise is for us too, Sarah. And then Absolutely. he goes on to talk about if they turn away and they forsake his statutes, then, and they go and serve other gods and worship them. Then he'll pluck them up by the roots yes. out of his land, out of that house where his name has been sanctified. So how do we get, how do we get, in the promise of in the last hour, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall dream dreams and your old yes. men shall see visions or dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and, and they shall prophesy. How do we get on that? We call on the name of Jesus. That's right. That's how we're saved from this all. We call on the name of Jesus and then his name, our house is sanctified by his yes. name. And his yes. eyes and his heart is perpetually upon us. And then the promise to the people is that if they obey that gospel, then Peter said unto them, Acts 2.38, repent yes. and be baptized. Man, I feel a Holy Ghost. Woo! Me too. <laughs> repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. 
and and ye shall receive the gift of the, the Holy, Ghost. Of Holy Ghost. When you when you repent of your sins, and I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. God knows who's going to yes. hear this, and in the Holy Ghost. But when you repent yes. and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, your house is sanctified by His yes. name. You are now yes. under his name and his eyes and his heart is perpetually upon us. And the Bible says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is not only to you personally, but it's to your children and to all that are far and off, even as many as the Lord, our God shall call. And with yes. many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So there is a hope of salvation when we talk to these people and when we're witnessing yes. to them and they want to connect we just got to start telling them the name of Jesus. You yes. know, this is what, this is what's going to cover you. This is what's going to save you. This is what's going to protect you. This is what's going to sanctify your household. This is what's going to keep the eyes and the heart of the Lord perpetually upon you is to call on the name of Jesus. And and so there's an opportunity in this hour and thank you, Jesus, for your word. I didn't mean to preach. Amen. Woo, yes. The Holy Ghost come <laughs> through on that one. And um, I just yes. love the word of God because me you know, too. it gives us the words to say in this hour when we don't really have the words to say. Yes. And the Holy Ghost brings comfort yes. in this time. There's comfort for those who are grieving for those they've yes. lost. There's yes. comfort for those who are afraid. There's comfort for those who have got into habits that they need to have broken. God will bring the comfort and God will bring the deliverance and God will bring that need Whatever you need, if yes. you'll call on the name of the Lord, he will bring it. It is so true. He, he'll, he'll be with you in the midnight hour. Um, yes. And you know, this is so not spiritual after all that whole sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but a girl, have you heard Toby Mac's new song? Help is on the way. Yes. Yes. Oh, in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, help is on the way. And yes. I love the parts when he gets to where, and he starts rolling up his sleeves again. You know, yes. it's like when you call on his name, I've heard you pray in the name of Jesus. And it's, of course, not a song you would sing in church. But um, today I just ran across it as I was listening to the tune and the words. I needed them yes. because it's been crazy here lately. But I was just like, oh, he's going to start rolling up his sleeves. Help is on the way. <laughs> God is fighting for us. That's right. Darkness. <laughs> perpetually, perpetually. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got to talk tonight. And you know, this really didn't have much to do with world changers, well, although it really did yeah. because God is a world changer. He is, for sure. he's, the, he's the supreme world changer. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I'm so thankful that we had everybody join us tonight and i pray that god will speak to your heart in the midnight hour and in the day hour and that god will help you all to get out of your comfort zone Amen. and to be a light in this dark world and i want to say thank you to all of our listeners anna and yep. thank you um that we had a time to just talk about what was on our hearts tonight yep i enjoyed so. it so thank you sarah love you Take yes. care. Love you. Let's do it again soon. Have a wonderful evening. All right. Yes.